Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. This is your host, Sarah, and if you are new to this podcast, this is a drinking variety talk show where I have my friends on and we talk about life. This week, I have a third time returning guest. It's none other than the very legendary Mark. Mark is back on the podcast, and this week was one hell of a topic. Essentially, the past couple weeks, I have been just so insanely busy, like absolutely busy and stressed and going out of my mind with just various things, various life things going on. And so I really wanted to do an episode all about the idea of burning bright and burning out. So what I mean by that is how you manage all the various hustles in your life. I know that hustle is a buzzword. It's used a lot, but it's true. We're in a day and age where people have multiple jobs, multiple hustles going on. And when you're that busy, you will eventually burn out and you need to take time for yourself. Mark is the perfect person to talk about this with. He manages various projects himself and um, manages to stay sane. So I thought I would talk to him about it. So we talk about balance, managing burnout, and of course, self-care. Now, what's funny about this is I recorded this episode with Mark. It was amazing. It was awesome. I walked away from it thinking, another epic Mark episode. I am so excited. Then one night, I was actually listening to the episode while sweeping my floor and heard the track mess up on me, went back to the computer and realized that my computer had crashed. And when Audacity recovered the file, it was completely silenced. So for a while there, I had thought that I had lost the entire episode. I actually stayed up until 4.30 in the morning trying to recover it, troubleshooting the heck out of it, couldn't manage to find it. So after a lot of frustration, even a little bit of a cry sash over that, I accepted the fact the episode was gone and I would just have to move on. There were some episodes coming down the pipeline, but I wasn't quite ready to release those. Um, and I was kind of in a tight pinch. So I ended up actually planning to just do a solo episode, which would have been so sad and boring. And then I discovered that Time Machine was actually backing up to my hard drive. So I went back to Time Machine and found a version of the file that was not silenced. So the episode survived and I found it and here it is. And I'm so, so excited for you guys to hear this one. I think this is a really important episode. We don't talk a lot about sex stuff, which is what we typically talk about with Mark. Um, Actually, we do, we do talk about it for a little tiny, tiny bit, but it's only a very small portion. And it's only in regards to the fact that sex is like a self-care thing. So I really enjoyed this episode. There's actually a lot of really good advice and wisdom in this. I really hope you guys enjoy it. I think it's really, really important to um, take a step back and take your time and take a break. And me, myself, um, I've just been so insanely stressed out lately that I gotta take the advice that's handed out in this episode. I gotta take a little break for some me time. It's very, very important. It's really hard to, though, when your life is just go, 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 and you're just constantly sort of thriving on that adrenaline. You don't actually realize that you're doing yourself more harm than good. So I love this episode. Of course, Mark never disappoints. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you find podcasts. Do make sure you do hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. If you're new to the show, go on over and check out Intoxicated Reviews, which is our second channel uh, all about TV and movies hosted by Corey. Make sure you subscribe there as well. 
And also follow us on all social media. That's Facebook and Instagram, Intoxicated Podcast. On Twitter at in underscore toxicated. We also have a Gmail account. You can always email that as well. Anything you want. And that is at intoxicatedpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, I got to give our weekly shout out to Tyler, our Patreon. Thank you, Tyler, for supporting the Intoxicated Podcast. It's really freaking awesome. And uh, we should have some bonus episodes coming down the pipeline for you. Bonus episodes are what you can get when you sign up to be a member on Patreon. We have different reward levels ranging from a dollar to twenty dollars or you can actually just sign up and just show your support. Just kind of show that you're a fan of the show. We would love that as well. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash intoxicated and of course all the links will be below. So that's all folks. Let's get to this episode with Mark. This is all getting uh, cut. Yeah. Sarah, fucking cut this, you bitch. Uh, (laughs) I sometimes give myself pep talks through the podcast. Be like, talk to future me and be like, you're doing good. Keep up the good work, Sarah. You're doing a good job. Yeah. Despite being real tired. (laughs) Anyways, guys. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. I'm going to start adding sound effects in for my intro because that's just how extra I am. Just going dingo and the baby on it? Yes, okay. you got it. Guess who's back? Hi, everyone. Wait. It's Mark. Oh, you know, I was going to say you have to make them guess. <laughs> they're going to get it. Like, they're not they're going to they're gonna hear that voice. Yeah. It's Mark. Mark is back. Hi, everyone. Third time on the show. I know, right? He's, he came back. Uh, finally. It's been a while, actually, since your last one. Well, yeah, I've been busy, which I think is the root topic of the show. Is the topic of the show today. So let's start with what we are consuming. Um, For me, I am drinking Red Bull because the time went ahead and I'm tired. Uh, But I'm also drinking Dusty Boots Hard Cherry Cola. Chicka Cherry Cola. Uh, Third Eye Blind? No, Savage. Savage Garden. Yes, Savage Garden. (laughs) I can't believe I messed that up. That's fine. Let's be real here. Uh, your ability to remember something from the 90s in two guesses is better than my ability. Uh, which I think brings us to what I'm drinking, which is uh, espresso, and uh, I'm smoking a uh, tangerine uh, shatter oil uh, in a flight pen. That's F-L-Y-T-E, and you can get that here at Coastal Canopy. Ooh, sponsor! Uh, yep, on Argyle Street, or Agricola Street. Um, and that is run by an awesome St. Mary's crowd. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And we should add, uh, we added this in your last one, but you have a medical card. Yes. It's totally legal. I'm not even touching it. Yeah. Uh, I am, uh, uh, I'm five grams a day, which is, um, a really high, obviously a really high cause everyone's like five grams a day is a lot. Uh, one, I don't usually use my full prescription all the time. Um, I take bad pain days. I might actually use five grams. Yeah. Um, but also you look at five grams is the basic measurement of a gram, but a gram can turn into oil, can turn into edibles to manufacture those things. You're probably going to need more product. Yeah. And so it becomes a, a matter of, they need to prep you for however you choose to take your medication. And if you were to move and if you were to do any, a number of other things. Interesting. So it's funny cause we're both drinking some sort of caffeine with yeah. something else. <laughs> the downer. We're going uppers and downers, folks. It's like the 80s in here. We're going to get some quaaludes um, and probably like some wild. speed. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, um, speed. Yeah, and then we're going to go to Dorcia. <laughs> we're joking. We're joking. We're definitely joking. Um, um, but we are. But we both like the caffeine. That's something we bond over because I think you and I uh, 
I have a few friends in my life that I call post midnight yeah. friends who I just know are, are up awake. at yeah. the same time as me because we our brains won't shut off. It's it's why I have friends in other provinces and countries because uh, I met them once and I'm I'm I managed to maintain those relationships for years because I'm always awake when they're awake. Yeah. Um. So it just kind of facilitates good friendships, but also like it's because I'm always doing something. Uh-huh. Um, and I think. You know, you with your actual job, uh-huh. your podcast, um, and any number of other like ventures that and projects that you're working on. Uh, you know, same. you're not sleeping. And I'm, I uh, recently transitioned into a new role, but I am uh, in customer support or a team, mm. uh, customer support, customer success. I run a small team of support reps. Uh, I also do my own work in the company, which includes setups and and sales and configurations of software. Um, so I make decent living in that, but. Outside of that, I also am taking a master's degree uh, at St. Mary's University, um, and I am also uh, taking, um, what else was it? I do freelance work on the side as well. I literally can't even remember it all. I'm not high, I swear. No, he's not. You're just, you yeah. are a workaholic. Well, I don't know if I'm necessarily a workaholic. Yes, you are. I, I No, because I... I I don't believe it causes a lot of damage to my life. And I think whenever you add the, like, aholic, oh, that's like, true. that's that's when it gets really bad. I accept, though, that at some point this is probably going to, like, have an impact on my life. And it probably already has. Uh, relationships mm. um, and, and friendships have uh, taken less of a prominence in my life. But I've also chosen to live a smaller, what I refer to as a smaller life. Um, I was very, I'm still very extroverted, but I was really extroverted for years. A lot of people in, in the city know me for my work in startup. I was always at events. I was always with people. I would go from one event to another. I would go from one hangout with friends for two hours to another one. And it's just not really that enjoyable for me to be social. Um, so I find work just as cathartic as I do mass socialization. I do enjoy it, but I also recognize that there's a downside to it, but I don't find there's a downside with uh, so much with work. So That's I just replaced a lot of things in my life with work. Um, and, you know, we're the generation that uh, everything increased in cost. Uh, everything yes. went up except base and average wages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in a world where uh, everything is more than one times cost, of what it used to be and pay is still one times of what it used to be. Uh, you have to do other things, even yes. if you happen to be someone that, that gets a good paying job. Like I make good it, money. I make, yeah, I make in the, <laughs> I'm still in the five figures, but I push close to six right? or I'm in the low, low six figures, depending on now, a lot of that money may not be kept by me. There's taxation. There's uh, and I don't fuck with my taxes that hard. I'm also not ultra rich where I can do like crooked tax stuff. I'm like middle class rich. Right. Um, but like middle class rich is now super impressive because it doesn't exist anymore. Um, you basically are poor or you're ultra rich and there aren't that many people in the middle because the middle class, I think, shrunk down into the lower class and the upper class got really, really high up. Yep. Um, so you have people like us. And then that brings us to why people fucking have more than one job and why they're side hustles and that, like, we're not just an extra creative generation that has an ego and wants to build and be the master of everything, which I think people construe it as a lot. No, um... I have to afford to live. <laughs> yep. I have a standard that was set in my mind by my parents uh, because I watched their life and it was possible to have a house, two to three cars, 
Uh, I'm white, so it, like I'm, I have some privilege in this, kids. Like not everyone's going to have this list, but I think uh, more than ever before, we had a standard set for us that is now harder to achieve. Big time. Um, like you know, my parents had a house. Uh, dad had a car. Mom had a car. My sister had a car. I shared the car with mom. Um, we, you know, we ran a home business so we could get away with more things. Like the the work life balance that my parents had built. And that's probably where I learned it from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the work-life balance that my parents had built was around a certain lifestyle. And that certain lifestyle involved being self-employed for my father. Uh, he ran a business. Um, and I say self-employed for my father. It was not just my father in that business. Uh, I worked there every weekend and uh, was always kind of an on-call worker from the age of six on. I never knew that. What? Yeah. So we'll get into from that a little bit. From six on? Six on. I started at six years old. Um, and mom, mom also worked in the firm. Uh, and also we can kind of get into like gender norms. I didn't know those were a fucking thing. Uh, because dad cooked a lot and did the dishes and like cleaned obsessively. And mom taught me how to cook, not my sister. And dad ran the business and dealt with customers and was front facing, but mom handled all the math and books. Which and, isn't, and the, or, and, and like everyone's like, oh, women don't do math. And I got to college and I was like, what do you mean women don't do math? <laughs> Mom does the books because dad's dumb. Like, he's not dumb. He just, he's not a math man. Um, and That's interesting. And you grew up with that. That was just my life. Um, and, like, I think that was what I saw of my life. If you ask my sister, if you ask someone else that was involved in that life, they may have a different perception or a different treatment of it. Because mm-hmm. uh, truth is relative, uh, mm-hmm. which you learn more is and more ever? when you start looking at, like, social constructs of justice. There's a lot to unpack in that in a, intro, uh, but I think if you get anyone to dive into a topic, you'll get a lot to, to see the root causes. You are the right person for this. Yeah. For this subject, because... You make good money, but, and there's a but on that, you work your ass Ass off. off. Yeah. The thing is, is like, you're not someone who just makes a lot of money and works a standard day. You are constantly working. Yeah. In fact, if I ever want to hang out with Mark, I need to ask him probably three weeks ahead of time because you're busy. Yeah. You are. Yeah. About the only people that can get me on short notice are uh, my sister, my mom, my dad, obviously, uh, my uncle Keith. And probably, like, three other people that are friends, but they're friends that have done, like, exceptional level. Like, you know, I, I, and anyone that is a good friend can get a hold of me in, like, a panic moment or when shit's going wrong. No, it's like, on a phone call with Mark, yeah, which I have done many times. But, uh, if you just want to hang out with me last minute, there are very few people that can call in that shit. I'm very lucky to have gotten you this weekend for the show. <laughs> yeah, you originally asked me, uh, last week, and I was like, no... And you were like, well, what if, like, you're not, you don't even have a free afternoon. And I said, no, no, I actually do. It's just, I'm not using it for the show, which, yeah, uh, you become as litigious or as closely monitoring of your work time and your free time when you, because when you talk about balance and you talk about someone that works in the extremes, uh, and I don't even work as deep in the extremes as some of the people I know, you become just as protective of off hours as on hours. Oh my god, so true. But you learn to do that. When I was 20-something, I had no idea how to do that. I've got a really good friend right now going through that. We won't mention too many specifics and names. Uh, but, you know, he is doing a lot of the things that I did when I was young. You work really hard, you burn really bright. The, the brighter you burn, the quicker you are to burn out. Um, and then there's a lot of negative things you can do to get 
you know, farther down the line. I yeah. think the lightest negative thing is what you and I do, abuse of caffeine. Um, <laughs> but then, then you have people that, you know, abuse actual drugs. Like, yeah. yes, I smoke pot and I'm probably high every other day or every day. Um, but, uh, bearing in mind that I'm doing this while not during work. I don't do it when I work on anything unless it's my own individual projects, like startup. And I'm not doing it the big stuff. I'm doing the fun content stuff. And this comes to something I learned from uh, a guy named Ross Simmons, uh, the coolest cool on Twitter. Um, Ross kind of gave me the lesson of when you are self-employed or when you are performing this high, and I'll, I'll adapt the statement a bit, um, you need off hours and there's always something you could be doing. Yes. You could always be working because there's always something you have to build when you're short on people in time, which is the nature of, of startup self-employed or anyone that's just high performing. Um, you have to do the balance um, that you have to also recognize that the off time that you take is an actual task. Yes. Oh my God. And sometimes, so true. Yeah. And sometimes that task has to become the only task. Um, one of the yeah. startup guys that I talked to, Aaron, makes the point on, um, there's a study done on nursing and compassionate fatigue Aww. was talked about. And compassionate fatigue is basically like the, you love doing it fatigue. Yes. And they kind of found a little bit of a study of like, even if you just did five hours a week, you never unplugged and actually unplugged. So I try to take, and I've only recently started doing this. I try to take like a week off. Uh, and last year I went to Cuba. You did. And you disappeared. Yeah. I disappeared. And when I say that, I mean, when you left, you were like, see you in a week. You're not going to hear from me. I'm not going to be available. No internet. No, <laughs> like you won't be able to message yeah. me on messenger or like, and I, you I, went dark. I went dark and I did not tell anyone I was doing it until I did it. And I also did not. Um, I didn't actually know I, I, I knew I needed time off. I didn't yeah. know what I was going to do. And I looked at my bank account and I had some cash and I was like, well, what, where can I go short, like short notice? And a buddy went and just, just gone to Cuba. And so I ended up going like, well, Cuba pushed online. Like, Hey, does anyone know a good travel agent? I want to take vacation and whatever. I didn't tell anybody what it was. I told the travel agent. Like next week. So I paid and I got my tickets and I flew down. I told work, work was fine with it. Um, and yeah, I flew down to Cuba and I didn't tell anyone because people will always be like, can I book you during your off time? Because like people think an hour of your time is just a drop in a bucket of water. You can't notice it, but you do. You do. Big time. Um, like it's, it's not just a drop, another drop of water. It might be a drop of cyanide that pours into the whole bucket because and I don't mean this in a mean way to the friends that I love and adore or the, the, the people that I work with that I think are important projects that matter. Um, if the whole time for the first three days, I'm thinking about your call in the back of my mind. And then after it, I'm thinking about the things we talked about on the call. Yeah. Then you have managed to dis like populate and steal time from me in the before and the after it. So like taking the time off. Um, if you don't take that time off, you're totally fucked. You are going to be a burnt out. Yeah. 
you're going to be, like, running out empty, as they say. Yeah. And you, you don't need to go to fucking QB. You don't need to disappear act. But, like, just be very fucking honest with, this is the time I'm taking off. No, I'm not talking business. Yeah. Um. No. Fucking no. I am unavailable. Yeah. And, like, you even said to me recently... I was like kind of a scatterbrain mess, and you you said the words, you know, you can take a week off, right? Yeah. Like you you said that to me, and I said, no, <laughs> not happening. Every and this is the thing: every content creator I've ever met, and every high performance person, they get in a mental state where they're like, no, I have to keep moving momentum. Uh, I have to act like a shark because if I stop, I die. Uh, yeah, we're, we're people. Uh, we have technology; it's great. Uh, you can set up auto-responding emails, and you can share your content with people. You can record something ahead of time. You can do a ta- time-delayed release. There are any number of tools to facilitate you going and doing what you want to do uh, yeah. while maintaining, at least for a week, a total veil of normalcy. Or everyone can understand that you have to take time off, and if they sure. don't understand that, then fuck them. Mm-hmm. Um Taking a week off and not doing anything is completely valid, even if you don't want to use any system to keep anything going. If you want to take a week off the podcast, you want to take a week off work, you want to take a week off a relationship, I mean, just don't cheat. Uh, we've talked about that before. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things where um, it does matter. Yes. Uh, and you have to... Remember that it's not just dollars. Uh-huh. And the thing is, too, is it's like you mentioned it that the fatigue because you love it, that kind of fatigue. Because I thought about it the other day and I thought when I was working at a call center in a job that I hated, where it was a standard day, it was standard hours, you had a schedule, you had a start and an end time. But I would come home and I would be so exhausted because I hated that job so much. But now I'm working a job that isn't standard hours. That is much more on my own terms. It involves a lot more time management on my end because I'm managing different projects in that job, plus this side project, the podcast. And so I'm constantly exhausted, but it's because I'm just constantly working because I'm choosing to work. You're engaged. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If you can get in, like, there's that that saying that, like, if you you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. Uh, Whoever came up with that, go fuck yourselves. Your job must be really easy. (laughs) Um, because I love what I do. Yes. Uh, I work in, a, a, like, my day-to-day yeah. job is in awards. Um, so I've worked with uh, any number of things. If you name it, I've probably done it. Uh, I won't mention the name of the company because... Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I've worked with clients in marketing. I've worked with clients in um, food. I've worked with um, construction, lighting, art... Uh, media, you name it, I've probably done an award in the area. Mm -hmm. And so I've gotten to touch a lot of of great projects, great industries, but the clients, I I love all of my clients, even the ones that give me grief and I might bitch about, like as soon as I'm calmed down, I remember how much I love them. And the reason that I got worked up about it was because I cared about them and I cared about their project. Exactly. Um, And then with freelance clients, You know, I do a lot of work. Most of my freelance work this year has been centered in the mental health area. Mm. Uh, So website builds, advisement, um, what have you um, on on the mental health front. Uh So I work with uh, Worth Living, which is the one I'll name and the other one I won't name. Uh, Worth Living is run by a lawyer named Keith Anderson or 
and uh, Keith uh, had a mental, mental health crisis, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't mean to blah, blah, blah it away, but it, I've been dealing with it for a lot of years, yeah. so it's not, like, the end of the world to me anymore. Like, yeah. the person is back to being... If, if you do have a mental health crisis, get it taken care of. Yes. And remember that your mental health is more important than anything, because if you lose your mental health... So I'm not... You won't have much. Yeah, not to little mental health. Uh, but it's a, it's a story that I've been dealing with for years. Yeah. So I work on his project and he's, it's just like a social wellness and, and well-being and a little bit of psychology and, and making the world a better place. And the other one is a mental health organization that does something very similar. Uh, so I've, I've just touched on that and I love both those clients. And so like, I don't want their projects to be wrong. I don't want their projects to fail. I want them to always have access to me. Um, like I've, I've had insomnia bouts where I'll wake, I'm awake at seven in the next morning and I'll be awake the whole next day. And one of them will message me in the middle of it. And I'll like, I will still respond. Like I'm, I'll still go to work. Um, I'll take drugs, uh, legal drugs. I will say that legal drugs because I have medical issues. Right. And sleep is hard for me sometimes. Uh, and the, or the quality of my sleep may suck because of those medical issues. So I I have one called Modafinil. If you're an American listening, it's called Provigil in the States. The generic name for it in Canada is Alertec. It is a uh, a drug that I I just simply say it turns off your sleep. You told me to yeah. look into that recently. I, I honestly think that any one that okay, so there's a side benefit to it that it's probably one of the best productivity drugs on the market. So it's called a nootropic, or it's at least classified with. Uh, the concept of nootropics and nootropics are brain chemicals and stimulants and drugs that allow you to perform better or reduce anxiety or because we're just walking mm. bags of chemicals so if you learn how to manipulate the chemicals then you can get uh, a better result potentially now I, I'm not telling anyone to go and biohack I love biohacking. No biohacking. Uh, now I sound like a Tim Ferriss douchebag, and I know that. Uh, I'm going to try and sell you bulletproof coffee and MCT oil. Oh, my uh, God. Oh. Yeah, I know. But in actuality, I'd like to talk about that, actually. Uh, you know, you're looking at um, Nuketap, uh, L-theanine, caffeine, uh, modafinil, which is, um, if you can't get modafinil because it is a prescription drug, you can buy a drafinil, and a drafinil is what is called a pro-drug. A pro-drug is a drug that is designed by professionals to get around a law. So it's not mm-hmm. the chemical structure that is um, uh, legally not allowed to be given out. Mm-hmm. It's a chemical structure that is slightly different when it passes through. I think it's either your kidney or your liver. It's metabolized into modafinil. So you can oh. get around the law and order this stuff. Weird. Yeah, but get, make sure you're getting it from a good lab. That being said, a lot of these companies, this is how they make their money. They don't want you to die, so they'll make a good quality product. Um, and they all have ups and downs and benefits and side benefits. If you want to learn about it, uh, our... Uh, r slash uh, nootropics okay. on Reddit. Uh, there's also uh, some great companies that do work in this space um, that make actual like subscription boxes with set products for those that don't want to learn about it. Um, I recommend it to everybody. And funny enough, there's a joke that one of the people I know in industry says. It's like every developer thinks they're a pharmacist. <laughs> because a lot of developers are the kind of people that push themselves like this or, or like chemicals. But I will say, you're not necessar- necessarily encouraging people to do this all the time, right? Fuck no. You're just saying that, like, if you're not going to be sleeping anyway. Well, if you're not going to be sleeping anyway or you can't sleep, you're a person that can't sleep, um, these are yeah. ways to recover. Or if you're in a pinch and you, you don't want to sleep or... Uh, deadlines. Yeah, deadlines. But there's also the negative. Like, I'm not just talking about um, things that pump you up. Like, L-theanine is a, a white powder... Uh, it's completely legal. 
it uh, acts on the effects of caffeine. Okay. And so, uh, have you ever had too much coffee and you get jittery and anxious and nervous? No. Okay. Lucky. Okay. Well, the thing is, is like, I, I think I stopped drinking coffee by 4 p.m. Yeah. So, some people find two to three cups can cause uh, anxiety. Um, sometimes even imperceptibly. Uh, we are not always aware of our emotions. Yeah, state, maybe so. maybe it is affecting me, and I just don't know it. Yeah, L-theanine takes the edge off of that. It gets rid of the shakes for the most part. It gets rid of the anxiety. It gets rid of the 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 ener- the nervous part of that energy. Right. Um, ashwagandha and Boca Marrera are two uh, herbs from, I believe, India that have um, anecdotal evidence to to, to put forth that they. Um, help calm, reduce anxiety, bring you down, make you more calm. CBD oil, um, which is something that I take in my THC medication. Um, you know, my, my pot based medication is THC CBD that can bring you down. Like really nootropics are just chemicals that we, we shorthanded into a column because they don't, they don't have similar, similar mechanisms. They're just used to improve the human. Well, that's all we're doing with coffee. That's all we're doing with, um, you know, antidepressants, that's all we're doing. Now, yeah. when I talk about antidepressants or midophenol, like those are pharmaceutical grade drugs that you should really monitor. They matter. The reason they're classified the way they are is because they could, they could potentially hurt you. Yes. Um, or they, or you could overdo it. Um, or it could interact with something else. Exactly. Um, I do a lot of research on the stuff that I take to make sure it doesn't interact with anything that I do take. That being said, a lot of what I'm taking are like the minor leagues. They're not regulated for a right. reason. They don't matter. Yeah. Um, this isn't a case of like steroids and SARMs, which SARMs are just like legal performance enhancing drugs that are still research chemical stage. Um, like, so steroids are verifiably evil. Uh, well, verifiably chemically dangerous. They change the nature of your body. They can hurt you, but they can also cause great things. And I have no problem with steroids. The general perception is probably evil. Uh, and then there's SARMs. SARMs are just uh, less destructive, and that's kind of how they're they're less potent, but they're also less destructive or less potentially destructive or damaging. And so we kind of push those into two different classifications. One, it's very minor league. It's really probably not going to hurt you. It's going to give you barely like that, not much of an improvement, but it'll get you an improvement. Um, yeah. Well, caffeine is probably the safe version of the concept of modafinil. I'm not saying that they're chemical mechanisms and how they act are similar, but what I'm saying is we use them for the same Same reason. And with caffeine, you get that crash. Yeah. Which is the worst feeling. And I've definitely had that. Yep. And high-dose caffeine definitely causes it. And that also causes a mood swing um, that people, many people don't see. And so, uh, you know, you kind of have to be aware of it. And, uh, I won't lie. Two days of modafinil, I will have a migraine um, because it theoretically, from what the research I've done, it will burn through your neural transmitters at a higher level because your brain's acting farther. Like, look, if there's a science kid out there and I'm wrong, whatever, I don't give a shit. But what <laughs> I what I learned is that my I get a headache. Yeah. Many people get a headache. Yeah. And you can solve that headache in many instances with um, I'm trying to remember the name of the drug. Uh Fuck, what is it? I have a bag of it in the bathroom. I just can't remember what it is. It, it doesn't really a bag. matter. It's a, it's a bioavailable neurotransmitter. Hmm. Um, and what I mean by bioavailable is you can drink it, you can eat it, you can um, hmm. it, you can mix it into water and drink it, and your body will get some level of neurotransmitter out of it. And so I find that that gets rid of the headache. 
Right. And like, yeah, I, I can take, I take it in a powder form in a glass of water. I could also eat eggs because it's in eggs, right? I, I would probably just have to eat more eggs. Uh, but you're just being more efficient. I'm being more efficient with the way that I get some chemicals that I know yep. I need, like mercury, B12. Um, no, not mercury. Fucking Jesus. Don't take mercury. <laughs> uh, magnesium. I was gonna say, what? Magnesium. We're not Chinese emperors or Japanese emperors. <laughs> I, I think it was Chinese, but you know, we're not emperors. We're not decreeing by law that we need an immortality formula and taking mercury. We're not in that, <laughs> that vein of, uh, of issues. Dear God. Speaking to more of the, I guess, the emotional side of things or the emotional bandwidth side, do you ever find that when you are overworked or you've been, just been working, working, working and you are in, I mean, and you must agree, there's a level of adrenaline when you are just go, 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 go. Like you're running on adrenaline as well. Yeah. Do people ever come at you during that time and you snap at them or you're just like a little more on edge and they're like, okay, whoa, like I'm not going to mess with you at this. Like, cause I've had that happen. Yeah. I've had people tell me like when I'm in event mode yeah. or event planner mode and I am just like in logistics and there's all these things going on and people are coming up to me and I'm just like, you just got to do this. Like, and yeah. I'm just very short with them. Yeah. It's it, not me it really saying that. Amount. It takes an incredible amount. Yeah. I don't snap as much as I used to when I was younger. I did because I didn't know how to self-care. Yeah. Right? Uh, and you can, like, I'm not saying that you can completely forgive the sins of the past uh, by doing something today. But I will say that there are things that you can do that get you farther down the road. Like, if you work to a 10 and you took two days off and you got to a zero on that scale, whatever theoretical scale I'm putting out there for you. Yeah. Uh, there are things that you could do. To get to a five while not taking the time off. Is it as good as the time off? No. But you have to learn how to weave things in that get you farther down the road. And that for me um, is anything from like physical exercise to maybe I take two hours off. Maybe I take half a night off and I, I like watch a movie and I take my medication and I just I just relax. Yeah. Or uh, maybe it's I, I have lunch with a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it depends on the friend. Some friends bring you up in energy. Some friends make you calmer. Um, one of my best friends, Alex McSween, uh, Alex is one of my best friends because he has an amazing positive effect on me. Um, just to be purely self-serving in that friendship, I give him stuff too, but the fact that he will always make me more positive, he is always more calm than I am, and he still manages to succeed and have a, a marvelously happy life. And so I remember that not everything is the end of the world and everything will be fine and you'll get where you need to go. And yes. So picking the right friend to see or, That's or so true. not seeing the friends that you shouldn't see. <laughs> yes. Don't get me wrong. I've got <laughs> friends that are like the fucking awesomest people that, but I also know I might go on a two day bender with them or not like a two day bender, but I might like have a couple of drinks late into the night and feel like shit the next morning, which I, I can't really do at that point. Yeah. Or uh, maybe they're the ones that love eating ridiculously unhealthy food and watching a movie. Uh, and maybe I can't take a half a cheese lasagna uh, and a half <laughs> loaf of garlic bread while watching a fucking film. Um, but also, too, they could be friends that play into your... Like, maybe they're friends that are too much like you as well. And, okay, yeah. do you ever get those friends? Okay. You must get this too. When you want to decompress and get out of work mode for just a little bit, just an hour or a half hour, and then all they want to do is talk about work. Yep. It drives me. Yep. This is a, like, listen, I love my friends. 
And I know that we're all going to talk about work. But when you need to decompress and not be stressed out about your job, and you just want to talk about funny stuff, or you just want to get away from it all, and then all they want to do is talk about work and what they hate about work, and it's just like, ugh, I I don't need this right now. You know what I mean? Like, I had a prof named John Chamard, and he's now passed away. Awesome guy. Uh, He was at St. Mary's in my undergrad. I'm pretty sure it was John that, that told this story in class of, uh, he did, he taught family business and family entrepreneurship and transition and all that. Mm. And, uh, he talked about this couple that ran a business together and, uh, they had to set lifestyle boundaries, like where was home, where was work and when yes. was each program. And they, they had one rule that was if someone was reading a paper, like the newspaper, you weren't allowed to talk about business. And apparent, and there was just this one moment in the story where he's describing it, and so like the the husband was was holding the paper, and his wife asked about something, and he just like you know how you fold down a page of a newspaper to look over it, he like folded down half the page while looking at her and was like honey paper, and she was like fair enough that was rude, and like he went back to reading the paper, and like I'm not in work mode right now, don't ask me that. Yeah, and you know that, and like she had her own set of rules too, like if, if a certain program was on. Or, and it was, they set up times when you're not allowed to talk business. Right. And there is nothing wrong with saying, hey, look, I appreciate what you're saying, but can we not talk about that right now? I'm trying to forget about my job right now and just hang out. Um, yeah. You know, everybody always, and I, I think this is a standard theme whenever I'm on the show, uh, like it's, there's a bit of consent in the conversation. And if you don't say no, it seems fine. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with expressing that you don't want to go down a certain path or you do want to go down a certain path. Um, Ed, um, Ed Leach, shit, I almost forgot Ed's last name. I'm not <laughs> sure at Dalhousie, uh, will constantly teach, um, that there is sometimes you need to give permission to be creative. Yeah. Because the day to day lives of a lot of people are that we are not in creative roles. Well, just yeah. like you can give permission to be creative, you can take away permission to talk about something else for a period. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you do it respectfully um, and tell the other person what you need. Because if you can't communicate to the people around you what you need, then you either come off as an asshole for snapping. Yeah. Um, but there is also the flip side of that. Um, yeah. As a good friend, you need to monitor that stuff and care about that stuff. And as a good boss or a good team member, you need to know, like, I know what nights some of my work staff go out drinking. I know important dates in their lives through a factor of getting to know them. But the reason that I learn important dates for some people is because they might be more stressed. They might be more relaxed. They might be caring less. They more might distracted. be caring more. They might be, exactly. Yeah. Um, they might, topics that they don't like talking about, it's important that you learn them and not bring them up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of my friends are, are comics and they will make any joke in front of me because that's the nature of them and my relationship. But they also know that when they're on stage, there are jokes that you don't make. Or when you're with certain people, there's jokes you don't make. There are some jokes you will always make. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes that's the point of the joke. But um, you learn when, like, I've heard some comics say some jokes that would make normal people lose their mind but you also have to remember that the nature of a comedy brain is that they're always looking for the joke well the nature of our brains is that we're always focused on our work too our work just happens to be not dick jokes uh our work happens to be you know arranging huge events and i was down in boston at bcic 
uh, which is a mm. venture capital competition, mm-hmm. and you can totally identify who I am by now. Uh, we use Mark for the record. We use the name Mark for SEO purposes. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a pretty, God damn I have, it. I have a pretty forward-facing job. Uh, we call me Mark because it is easier um, to obscure who I am. This is this is your alter ego. Yes, but also really much so not because yeah, you're I'm the same person. Honest, but it's, at the end of the day, I don't want someone to Google my name. No, of course, and not. find this out about me or any of these facts about it because I, I'm I'm rather open and honest talking about my sex life, and that's fine if you know me, if you've talked to me, and mm-hmm. also if you're a listener on a show that that's the theme. But you have to isolate. There's a bit of manicured life when you're at the level that we're oh, at. 100%. And you yeah. want to know what... And my thing on that is, is um, Billy Priscilla, the host of the Man Heart Podcast, said that once that um, his listeners are not in the business of calling people out. In other words, if you find out about another listener through a sex podcast or an episode about sex or something, yeah. it's like, why would you call them out? You're also the one listening so that's yeah. <laughs> it's kind of this interesting concept, but I totally get the yeah one, and that kind of goes into the next thing I want to ask about, which is the idea of separating somehow work and personal. Now we are at your apartment right now, yes, in your office, little cozy office here, bitch and set up. I'm very jealous, Fair. but. You got notes written everywhere, like literally on yeah. the walls, people. So, uh, and there's more of these coming. Uh, I I live in a condo that I rent that has a number of glass panels and doors, and so they become whiteboards for me because I, I worked in startup for so long that I use them for everything from school notes to project notes. Uh, on one door, there's three phases of a product life cycle. Um, on the front of doors, there's Wi-Fi passwords so that anyone that's over doesn't have to ask me. Um, I do that too. It's a good on thing the to do. fridge, there's a short to-do list, product ideas that came up to me when I was cooking. Um, usually a list of things that are in the fridge that I have to consume. Um, I'm putting a big whiteboard in the kitchen. So my whole... You're surrounded by it. Yeah. But also, not all of it's work. Like, the ones upstairs are reminding me of personal to-do lists for health. Oh, um, they're usually, like, positive affirmations to remind me that things are okay in my life. Ooh. Um, I used to do, um, like little reminders in my phone that like, usually when I was stressed, I knew I was stressed at like three and five and like eight. And so I would put reminders that things were actually completely fine. And so you'd get a positive message from previous self, like you do in the show. I do them. I don't put it in, but yeah, Fair. when I'm recording the show, I said, you're doing good, Sarah, keep up the good work. Because you need to listen to it from when you were in a healthy state to reaffirm yourself. Exactly. You don't just need your friends who are positive at the time to affirm you. You can do it too. Uh, so I have some of those around the condo, um, and I, I, like I said, I worked in startups, so I write a lot of ideas out. I make yeah. sure I don't forget things. Uh, I had a teacher called Eric Lee, Dr. Eric Lee at St. Mary's. Huge, I'm a huge fan of the school that gave me most of my life. Yeah. Um, specifically one instructor, but we'll get to that at some other point on some other show. Uh, but Eric used to believe, and he was incredibly smart, he was like, dump everything you know onto the page so that you don't have to think about it. You can just read and, and use so yeah. if I think that I need to remember to get socks, I don't keep remembering socks. I just write socks somewhere I'm going to see it. <laughs> it's Life Organization by Memento, the movie. Yes. Um, and you it's just so true. triggers all over your apartment for the positive actions that you need to take. Um, I love it. I need to start doing that. It's, it's hard. Really... You need a bunch of whiteboards. 
Uh, or post-its. What I'm doing for, uh, I've got post-its in the mail and I've got a wall here around a, an image of, uh, Bob Yor, the greatest fucking hockey player that ever lived. I don't actually care about hockey one bit, but Bobby I do who? love the shit out of Bobby Orr's story. Okay. And so I getting post-it notes to put all around it for blog post ideas. And as yeah. I, as I finish them, I'm going to take them off the wall, stick it to my monitor while I write. And then I'm basically doing like a Kanban style, uh, organization of my life where the to-do queue is on one wall, the monitor is the in-progress wall, and then the other wall is the completed work wall. I like it. Yeah. It, yes, but it's also incredibly insane. Like, yeah, most people that have met me or have been in my home are like, are you completely stable? And I'm like, yeah, no, I just, I, I learned that a lot of the norms that we place on ourselves are completely fucking pointless and don't get us that far. Um, and at the end of the day, if you just choose to be weird... And choose to use systems. Yeah. It gets you really far. Like, have you ever been to a seminar that's like, write goals. They get you farther in life. And you're like, go fuck yourself. Who keeps a goal book? I have a goal book. I don't use it that often. I literally just have a black book that I write stuff in. And I will put goals in it. And from time to time, I do read through it. Yeah. Um, And I'm considering working on a new startup idea that has customer support for goals. I'm still not there yet. Uh, I basically want to say, like, if you want to go take a master's degree... Tell us that goal. Tell us where you live, and we will find the schools that offer master's degrees, what you'd have to do to get into them, what the timeline for all the things you have to do is, and then support you in doing those actions. Kind of like a life coach slash... Based on your goals in an on in a large to-do list, will we break it down into smaller to-do lists and then manage your life for a monthly fee? Want to do that. I want that. Yeah, so I want it, but I'm... That's an, like This is the problem with being like me. There's a million ideas you want to work on, and you'll never get all the time to do it. So I basically uh, have started keeping lean canvas documentation. Ooh, very nice. All over my like living room because that's where I tend to to work on business stuff that's more free form. Like when I come up with a problem, I'll write it down. Or when I come up with a customer, I'll write it down. Um, and I I do a lot of working on uh, an exercise bike. When I read for school, uh, I'll I'll bike. Uh, it helps keep me not fat. Uh, not that I'm thin, but not fat. I'm about two fifteen. I was two forty a couple months You're ago. You're looking good. You're looking Thank good. You. Um, you know, I'm thinking around the 180 mark, I'll stop, um, because I did notice a strong correlation between being 180 pounds and getting laid way more. Uh, and also Sarah's geeking out because my cat is here. Mark's cat is sitting right behind him and she was like looking over your shoulder at me and it was the cutest thing. Oh my gosh. She's so freaking cute. Yeah. She's a rescue. I want another cat. Uh, pets, huge self care oh, thing. Huge, huge self care thing. They and they know. I swear to God, pets know when you're stressed and that yeah. you you need like a little rub. One of my buds has a bunny. Uh, my I sis- saw that you texted yeah. me a picture of the bunny. My sister okay. has a hedgehog. Um, and they, it's great to have some little creature that will lay on you and love you and like bug the shit out of you. Yeah, it's very therapeutic. There's a lot of things you can do that are therapeutic. Yeah. Drugs. Uh, <laughs> what are you looking at? She's looking at something in my... I was just smirking uncontrollably because one thing that you make fun of me a lot for is the not getting laid thing. Oh, and yeah. guess what? You got laid. I got laid recently. Good. Um, 
by the way, you got a couple intoxicated awards. We did a little intoxicated awards show. And oh, your yeah. episode, episode nine, received the episode I was most nervous to post That's award. Um, and then you also got, I think, most TMI episode. I think you got silver in that one. Or maybe it was gold. It might have been gold. Um, I know I got silver for best burn. Burn. And so a lot of your burns... We're around me not getting laid. They are usually around me not getting laid. Guess you got laid recently. I finally got laid. That was awesome. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you just need that, like, like you said, a good pounding. (laughs) You need. I forgot my bell. Many things are are about taking you out of the moment of the thing that you're doing. Uh, Like I think, uh, is it Don Juan, the really fucking weird movie that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like sex addiction, pleasure, and um, like actual true connection, and how those are actually different things. Um, and also, I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt just wanted to write a movie where ScarJo was his fucking what, like girlfriend. Fuck sakes. Uh, like let's be real here. Sure, okay. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there was a lesson in that movie. Um, and it's you know like there are different physical, emotional connections you can have. And yeah, that... that And this one was very much so just like two friends just being like, let's just do this. And it was super casual. Yeah. And we actually laughed about how casual it was. Yeah. (laughs) Because we were just like, it's 1 a.m. And I I had to be up at 6.30 the next morning. And it was like a now or never moment. And I was like, let's fucking go. Let's do this. (laughs) Well, it's funny because like the the number of... The number of uh, female friends that I have... That we have, um, like sent inappropriate messages, sent inappropriate pictures, had inappropriate conversations, or done something, you know, quote unquote inappropriate. I say inappropriate, not inappropriate, but like that's. It's the, more like, than a friendship. Vernacular. It's, it, yeah. yeah, it exceeds the bounds of what would be considered a friendship. Yeah. Um, and it goes to the realm of, of physical and, but yeah. it's, it's different. It's yeah. like almost maintenance and you <laughs> do it for each other and it's it's such a and I know that I've seen it in other friends too but no one talks about this shit just like no one talks <laughs> funny no one talks about this and no. no one talks about fetishes and I have a joke about that and I told it to a chick at a coffee shop because I don't perform on a stage I just use jokes repeatedly because I'm a hack like that um, and it, it was kind of along the lines of like no one tells anyone their fetishes other than the internet search history and how well would you have to know someone to let them read your internet search history with, when you haven't cleared it for a while? And then I got to the point of that's why sex in a relationship is bad for the first like two months. Or not bad, but maybe just like standard. Because you don't know what the other person no wants. no idea what the other person wants and they won't fucking tell you because they don't trust you. So uh-huh. you have the most normal sex for yeah. like two months. And then it's actually like, well, actually what I like is this. It's like, oh. oh. It's like, what's, what's really fucking hilarious is when it's actually something that you love too yes and it's like we can finally be ourselves like this entire time i think uh tom segoya has a joke about it he's like when you're in a relationship versus married and when you're in a relationship you don't like to tell everybody the truth and then as soon as you get married it's like okay you're not going anywhere what i actually like is for you to like speed bag like my nuts <laughs> and like and it's a He's joking in, in, you know, the casual nature of, of the fetish, but it's at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, no, like once you trust someone, you tell them so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just like, I'm not saying go tell all your friends your fetishes. That's fucked up. Uh, but I am saying that tell the people that you're with if you trust them, but also learn to tell people things that you normally wouldn't tell them that they, they have earned enough trust to know. Like if you had issues in your past with mental health, if you had issues with, um, drinking, if you had an issue with 
Um, fucking, I don't care. Cheeseburgers. Do you know what I think is huge? Sexual assault. Sexual assault. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk. And okay, if you're it's sexual assault, you don't want to talk about it. Don't fucking talk about it. Uh, just like all of this, you have to be comfortable to do. But if you do feel comfortable, if you do realize that you trust that person enough, make sure that you do actually share it um, and talk about it because it informs them more of who you are and it makes things less awkward when they could maybe say the wrong thing or invite you to the wrong event or introduce you to the wrong person um, or yeah. it lets them know the mental state you're in or it gives them more context for um, Why talking to you. And what's beautiful is when when you express something that, you know, like we have a few times where it's like, I have this issue and you find out that the other person has that issue <laughs> and the other person can talk to you about what they did to work through it. Um and it just gets you to a place where you benefit from their learning. Like we have mentors for business things. We have yeah. we have friends. Those friends can be mentors in, in emotional and, and mental well being and physical well being. Like my friend Chris, big jacked up bodybuilder, you know, no one motivates me more mm-hmm. to work out. And he doesn't do it like negatively, but like he if he knows my goal is to lose weight. Yeah. And he knows my goal is to, you know, hit a certain number of calories. He does not mind. He actually quite enjoys talking about his area of expertise. I mean, you have to make sure you don't do it too often or you don't exploit if it's a way that they make money. But, you know, if if you suck at drinking, talk to your friends. You might find one of your friends that sucks at drinking too. You might find one of them that was like found a way that worked for them. If you yeah. if you smoke too much dope, talk to your friends. They might if you were sexually assaulted. If you feel power, empowered to do it and you talk to one of your friends. Yeah. And they, even if they don't get it, even if they, like, if they've never had it happen to them, but they get it and they can understand, it makes you feel more well, real alone. to yourself. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like living to be a true person and living to be a true self. And I know I sound like a fucking self-help textbook. No, I love this. Uh, I hate it. Because uh, mostly <laughs> I think a lot of it, like I grew up thinking a lot of it was fucking stupid and I still think a lot of it's fucking hammy and corny. There's a lot um, of cliches. That there's done. a lot of cliches, but cliches are cliches because they're true. Um, but you get to a point where the more open and honest you are, the less you are to hit danger points, I find. Maybe not true for everyone. Maybe not true in all things. But, you know, you're less likely to encounter a problem and not feel comfortable in that area of topic that you have a problem with. Very true. Like, if you have an issue with food, your friends will instantly know, hey, maybe at 3 a.m. I shouldn't message them to go get a cheeseburger. Uh, because they will 100% always go, and they might also be horribly guilty about it the whole night. And I have male and female friends that feel that way. I I, I failed you recently. No, you did not. So we were, we were going to record on a night, and it was like a shit show of a snowstorm out. And I was like... And before we rescheduled, I was like, do, do you want any snacks? Can we order pizza? Like, I, I think I asked you two separate times. And on the first time, you were like, no, I'm on a, I'm on a cut right now. I'm on yeah. a diet. And then, like, about ten minutes later, I had already forgotten that. I was like, so what do you want from Sobeys? Like, chips? Like, snacks? Anything? And you were just like, no, I'm good. <laughs> just like, I feel so bad. I'm well, and sorry. What's, what's funny is um, I actually thought about it, and I did order some takeout. And I did probably overeat, but I also looked at the calories I'd had for the week, and I knew uh, that I could get away with it. Yeah. And, and not really, like, okay, I would lose a bit of progress, but... Sometimes to go forward, you have to go back a bit and you have to do self-care, even if it's redactive, if, even if it moves you back. Um, and so, uh, cheat day in, in food is 
you know, ordering a cheeseburger on a cheat day as long as you're healthy is like having casual sex with a friend as long as you're healthy. Like, if you need something, go and get it. Dean Winchester, motherfuckers. So that's the thing about my recent experience, because that was actually bad for me in the sense of it's 1 a.m. and I need to be up in like five hours. And this is not smart at all. And if I and I was going to be working a 12 to 13 hour day the next day. So, like, I had to be on like I could not be tired or fucking off at that point. It's event mode. It's go time. You need to be ready to react. And like, I was just like, okay, could pass this up and sleep. But would you have slept? Or, well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Probably not. Would you have slept and would you have done something stupider longer if you hadn't taken the, the release? Like we talked about getting to a 10 and then going to a zero. Sometimes you just need to be a five. Sometimes you just need to fall asleep at two in the morning. Even because you knew that if you didn't do the thing that made you sleep at two in the morning, you wouldn't sleep till five in the morning. Um, And you don't always look at your decisions as products of the inputs, which were what actually added up to you making that conclusion. Like, I have not eaten that badly this week. I've actually been on target or under target. I can eat this piece of fried chicken, but I also need to make sure that I only have the one and that I only... Yeah. So for you, it's like, am I going to sleep? Am I kind of horny? Have I had sex in a while? Am I stressed? <laughs> what reduces all these things? Two options, <laughs> masturbation, having sex, and a cold shower. Maybe there's three. Um, and you know that one of those will get you to, to an eight, one uh-huh. of those will get you to a five, and one of them might just be horrible but effective. Uh-huh. But which one do you pick? Exactly. And, you know, it, it, it was a situation of I'm only in town for this night, so if it's not happening tonight... It's not happening. Oh, exit sex is the best sex. It's the best, it's the best sex. Uh, <laughs> as someone who has moved across the country <laughs> three the times, um, yeah. and also head people moving away, because um, exit sex works whether you're leaving or you're staying, as long as you're connected to the person that's leaving. Um, exit sex happens, and exit sex is basically the we always wanted to do this, we never actually did it. Do you want to do it at least once? Yeah. And then yeah. the best part is that that can become year-over-year recurring sex. Mm-hmm. If you invest early and often in the market, folks, you can... Be- no, I'm kidding. And uh, that's the thing. And that's the yeah. relationship with this guy. Like, we aren't... I wouldn't say that we are close friends, but we're go-tos now, kind of, in a way. Yeah. I don't know I don't know if I'm at the top of the list or not. Yeah. I might not be. But regardless, I'm very flattered that when you're in town for one night... It's nice and to you're be invited to bar? the party, even if you're not the top of the guest list. Thank you. And I needed it. He needed it. It was fun. Um, didn't stay the night, but none of them do. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But it, 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 it was a weird form of self-care in a weird way. Yeah. Because I was exhausted the next morning, but I was smiling like a motherfucker. Yeah, like, the and, whole time. And that's a mood improvement. And, like, sometimes, like you just said, like, you didn't sleep over. Sometimes that's completely permissible. Sometimes that does cause damage. Nah, it was totally fine, because I, I need to pass out. Yeah, but make sure that you maintain and monitor what things bother you and what things make you really happy, because that's the only way you're going to figure out that, that sex helps and that's doesn't true. hurt. It's the only way you're going to find out if three cups of coffee is too much. And one and a half is perfect. There's nothing wrong with, you know, we have a mentality of clean your plate. This completionism, this completing, um, you know, you can throw out a half cup of coffee. You can throw out half a plate of of dinner. You can um, scrap a plan halfway through or 90% through. Um, You can disregard shitty relationships 
because you don't have to like be involved with those people for the rest of your fucking lives. Yeah. Uh, we have a completionist mentality. We want to get a hundred percent or we want to at least finish the assignment. Yeah. Um, or finish the plate. Don't do that. That's a horrible fucking way to go through life. Yeah. The horrible it way. It is, for sure. I have dumped toxic people. I have probably been dumped for being toxic. Everyone can be toxic to other people. Um, but, you know, I've dumped foods that I no longer eat. I've adopted foods that I do. I have, you know, added things, taken things, removed things, moved things. Uh, when, I t- when I work on certain things... Right. It's just arranging in a way that works for you and remembering that you can make it all fit, but you don't have to do all of it and you don't have any commitments other than like a couple of fucking things that you should probably worry That's about. That's so true though. You're so right. It's kind of about... That's my favorite it's thing kind of to about, say. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like a constant purging in a way. Yes. Um, though remember kids, purging is not always good. Um, That's a bad word. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's, it's the... Filtering out, I filtering guess. Filtering out, letting go, yeah. moving on... Um, culling, whatever fucking term you want to use. I make jokes, but purging, whatever the fuck term you need to use to, to yeah. conceptualize getting it out of your fucking life. Um, yeah. or even habits. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I've been a smoker. I don't smoke anymore. Um, it's a habit that sometimes reoccurs, but like, for the most part, I've gotten rid of the habit. Good. Um, I'll read a book sometimes or I'll like, these are all just habits. I don't care a lot of great, a great many things. I don't get worked up about a great many things. Um, that was a conscious fucking effort over multiple years to develop habits that allowed me to not care, relax, prioritize things differently. Um, you don't win a battle in a day, you win it over years. It takes like two weeks to make a habit, I think is the lowest estimate I've ever read. It takes 10,000 hours to become an expert by some douchebag's blog quote. Um, (laughs) that's a lot of hours. I know, but just to conceptualize, like there are... Things take time. Things take shorter and longer amounts of time. Uh, it's why I think goals are kind of effective because if you said right now, I want to lose 40 pounds, that's a fucking huge, terrifying goal. Yeah. 40 fucking pounds might be like 40% of your God. It's not 40% of your body weight. And if you're losing that, you'll die. Uh, but it might be like 10% of your body weight. That's a huge fucking change. So break it down into smaller goals. I want to lose so five. True. I want to lose 10. I want to lose 10 three times. And update your goal list. I know. Goals are lame. They are. I get it. They're Uh, not, though. But self-management. I manage teams. Now I manage myself. I manage myself sometimes through paperwork. uh, Because if I write things down, if I set something as a reminder or a trigger, it'll it'll last. It'll cause a good cue. Uh I have them in my phone. Um, It's just about building habits, building nature, building habitual things. And building good behavioral practices. Um, And I'm not. I'm highly dysfunctional. I admit that. I'm highly dysfunctional in many ways. How? Uh, let's not get into that one. Uh, in many ways, I'm dysfunctional. Podcast for another time. Um, but in many ways, I'm completely fine. In many ways, I excel. Um, by most people's measures and standards, I am successful. Yeah. Um, but I like to remember a quote from The Sopranos, uh, and I think it was from the, the Sopranos. Tony was getting shit from one of the, the women he was dating. It was Russian. Um, and he was in psychology, and she's, why do you need that? We don't need that. And I think it was Melfi that comes back with them. Well, like, as you get higher up in the value and the needs, like the Maslow's hierarchies, you get higher up in the hierarchy, you start to realize that there are underlying things you need to care about that you never cared about before because you couldn't afford to care about them. You were in survival mode. So if you read uh, Communication and Conflict, uh, it's a book that talks about uh, human brain, monkey brain, and lizard brain. Shout out to Dr. Lachlan for this book. Ooh. Um, 
if you monkey brains that defensive fuck you, I'm going to react to what you just said and throw some poop. Yeah. Human brain is the calm, logical, and lizard brain is pure survival. I need to eat, fuck, fight, flee, shelter. Like, it's the pure Basic instinctual means. stuff. And so when you move from lizard to monkey, when you move from monkey to human, or when you move up that chain, um, each move, you get to a place where you have new issues, new priorities, and you can, because you've distanced yourself from a lower level need, you can now focus on a higher level need that is potentially more salient at that time for you. So um, you don't care about your psychological well-being when you don't know when you're going to get food. It's so once so, you have food, you so can worry true. about, and so I find true. with millennials, like we're broke. So, so it's like, we can't worry about getting a house because we can't worry about renting. We're worried about renting. So you, you don't even think about a house. It's so true. You like, you rearrange your thinking to be more about what Priorities can right I now. do versus what I want. Yeah. Cause like we all want these things, but we can't set up in our minds that we're going to get there when we're hardly paying rent. Yeah. And I find goal setting kind of helps you get farther down the path of for those times where you can focus on a higher level need and then just keep it as a casual reminder or break it down into a low level need. Like I, I am renting. How can I get more money so I can rent something nicer? Right. Or that suits my needs better. Or maybe I need to look for a new place in a new area. Um, when you like set that goal, you, it, the goal exists outside of your day-to-day needs and you can kind of work to it over time and eventually get there. Um, I, I knew I wanted to work from home. Yeah. Um, I knew I wanted to work in tech startup or scale up. I knew what I was good at. So I constructed a life that allowed me to kind of move forward in that. Um, so again, building habits, building long-term investment in what you do. Uh Um, you know, you built out the skill of podcasting. Now Mm -hmm. you may apply it to, to work or the innovation industry as a whole. Yeah. Um, listen to Nimble Hippo Radio. Um, it's a podcast from Communitech and Kitchener Waterloo. Oh, but done. Um, and it's hugely influential. There's a bunch out there, um, in Kitchener Waterloo that focus on our area of work. If you want to expand what you do and incorporate that. Um, it can make you more of a name brand in your industry. Um, and that gets you farther along. Ross Simmons always used to talk about personal branding. Um, you know, the the reason that he writes so much great content that helps people is because it's altruistic. It helps people. It feels good, but it also, you associate that with, you know, there's a benefit there for him. And I don't know if he's always conscious of it. Um, I was always conscious of it when I wrote like that. Uh, but it's still altruistic. Like I manipulate people all the time to do positive things for themselves it's evil, but <laughs> one person's manipulation is another person's motivation. How I'm do you, mani- this- How do you manip- manipulate people? That's really easy. And apparently, I got called on this in my group um, in last term at school. My really good friend, he was just like, you're manipulative. Uh, he's like, you use first mover advantage, which means you move first and define the criteria in our instances. That's what I was doing. Uh, so that people would start performing the tasks rather than thinking about the whole, because I already thought about the whole and gave it to them. Now, to me, that's project management. I conceive and outline the projects and the goals as to the standard, and that's what I'm really good at. That's what I usually bring to groups, and then I deploy that, and I have solutions built by the team. Um, I view a lot of things that way, probably because I'm very work-centric. So that is tends to be the role I'm, I'm, I fall into. Um, now, if I explain that to you, 
That's an agreed upon thing. But if I just do it and give it to you, knowing that you're going to fall for it, that's that's a little manipulative. Um, You need to inform people. And I've been working on that, like explaining why I do what I do, why I do it, when I do it, how to do it, what their part in it will be. And I also do abuse the fact that I'm kind of charming, which I was not aware of at all. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, I'm kind of a douchebag. Um, Very charming. I don't realize that most days and I still have a problem with it. Um... Jeff Winger's speech about the pencil and being awesome. You'll get it. Just watch it on YouTube. Uh, That's a valuable fucking life lesson. Because I learned at an early age that if I talk long enough, I I did learn that. If I talk long enough, I get what I want. And I don't have to explain. And I can just move really quickly and get people to do what I want. But if you make them understand, you get adoption. They engage more. You get a better product. So I, I use my charm to give people positive and negative feedback. Or maybe even say something that could be condescending. But because I say it. They listen to it in a different context. And I don't view that as manipulative. I view it as addressing an issue carefully because you care about the person. Like if I tell you you did a bad job and I did last term, I got mad at someone for being late and asking for an additional five minutes. And I didn't get mad because they were late. I got mad because they were late and they didn't tell us. If you call me, tell me you're going to be late and I don't even need a reason. Yeah. I just need to know so I can plan around it um, because everyone has a life that will get in the way. Well, you... One thing you say a lot is it happens. So in other words, if I come to you and be like, we got to reschedule or like, I did this stupid thing. Like you will respond with, it happens. happens." But that said, people don't always get bluntness and straightforwardness. Like I feel like there's some people who just don't respond well to it. And I don't know why. I respond very well to it, I think. You do. Um... Because I want to hear that. Yeah, it, it, bluntness uh, can come in many forms. Um, bluntness wrapped like a nice present is a good thing um, sometimes. Bluntness, you can be blunt and just be like crass. Like the guy on Tinder that sends a dick pic, that's pretty fucking blunt. It's also horribly insulting and <laughs> probably kind of small and unimpressive. Um, I'm just going with statistical averages, okay? I'm just going with statistical averages. Uh, okay. Send pictures on Tinder, though. Anyway. Well, yes, but, like, the point is still salient. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, there's a way to be blunt that is effective, and there's a way... Like, there's when to use a bat and when to use a scalpel. Um, you know, there's many different tools. But wouldn't you agree that when you're blunt with people, you're being blunt to them because you know they are better than what they are doing? Yeah, no. Usually, I'm annoyed at people for not ex- meeting the expectations that they, they should meet. Like, I'm... Fairly a good judge of character, I like to think. And so I like to say I don't make losing bets. Um, everyone that I invest in, I, I believe in. I truly actually do. Even I think there's goodness in, like, and benefit in everyone, even um, people that I got mad at or that underperform. The reason I get frustrated is because they can be so much more than they are. Because you see potential. Yes. And you know that Every, they can do everyone better. Everyone has potential. From, yeah. and, and I say this to my sister like when she would go to job interviews and feel unqualified. And I was like, no, no, no you're qualified and you're impressive. The reason you don't find yourself impressive is because you live with it every day. Yes, you mentioned that before. I That stuck with me big time. If I cook you a yeah. filet mignon for dinner every fucking night, it does not matter how spectacular that is or how well I cook it, how consistently I cook it. Eventually, you are fucking bored with it. And we yeah. all may be eating our own filet mignon. And at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, we are bored by our own impressive nature. Thank you. That's so... If I had my bell, I would ding it really hard because that is... So true. And like, and I see, even, normally I'd make a joke, but she did ding it really hard, like just the other uh, night. So I mean, I can't. Oh my god! Yeah. 
I, I hadn't burned her in a while. This has been a really like. And now you're episode. burning me for getting laid, <laughs> or for getting laid. It doesn't. Again, if you control a conversation and control the frame well enough, uh, you can burn people for either direction. Um, the steak thing, though, like going back to that metaphor, it's like that steak could blow other people's minds, but to you, that steak is what you do every day and like that's kind of like like I recently had a really stressful week and it was like on the heels of my birthday so like I had a really shitty birthday because I was just exhausted and like just felt like I couldn't let loose and you were like why are you sad you've accomplished so much and like when you said that I was like you're probably right I'm just very exhausted right now and I can't I can't see that because I'm so exhausted yeah. Kind of thing. You, you, Cause it became so normal I think to be putting stuff out every week. In a frost poem, you know, it's, um, you can't see the forest of the trees. I think mm-hmm. that's from a frost poem. No, that might be two roads. Yeah, it's two roads. But yeah. there's some expression, uh, about yeah. you can't see the forest of the trees. And, and you do, you do forget the context of things. And so if you step back, if you take a break, you see the value of you. Um, but, that's hard for many people to do. It's hard for everyone to do, I think. Um, yeah, so hard. I suck. At, I expose these values and I try to adhere to them. Uh, I don't succeed a lot. Um, but, like, trying is is the nature of getting there. Um, or is the, the thing that will get you there. So, I mean, end of the day, um, I say that, hap- that, like, that happens because we all fuck up. It's, it's an eventuality. Um, what you do, you can't change the past, but what you can do is either learn from it and adapt to the future. Um, learn what you need to do to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Or learn if it was a good thing, that's great. But usually, when people hear that happens from me, uh, it's not a good thing, or it's a thing they're worried, <laughs> they're worried about. Um, we worry about dumb things. We all fuck up. Uh, if you get you know hammered and you're an asshole to a friend, say sorry. Don't do it again. Otherwise, the sorry is cheapened. Uh, if you want to quit smoking and you smell like smoke and you say sorry about it. That happened, but hey, you know how you could not smell like smoke? Don't do that bad thing again. Um, if you fuck the wrong person or you send uh, a tip picture to someone in a relationship or a dick pic to someone in a relationship, um, you know, do things that, that cause it to not happen. Like look at what triggered the behavior. Yeah. Um, learn when you shouldn't do something because just like alcohol and substances, people can also be a vice and you can use them incorrectly. You can abuse them. Um, or you can allow yourself to be abused by them. I rename people in my phone with a DNA at the end of their, or the beginning of their name. DNA. Do not answer. Okay. So remind myself, um, if I, if I have annoyed them or if they have annoyed me, I'll remind myself in their name, what they did. Or, uh, if they're like being unresponsive, just remind myself that they're, they're weird right now or they're dealing with their own shit. Um, like take notes on people so you can actively manage them. I know this sounds so insane. No, it's not. I also keep files in my phone about everyone's favorite things. What? So I don't do this a lot. Uh, but for some people, if I find out that your favorite thing is X or your favorite book or your favorite movie or your favorite food or your favorite color, I will make a note of that because I will not manage that information correctly. But as Eric Lee taught me, write it down. Interesting. So, like, that way I know when someone wears a green shirt to tell them the green shirt looks really good. Um, And that's manipulative. That's very manipulative. I also subscribe to Our Makeup Addiction, the subreddit for makeup. 
Uh, I used to. I don't do it anymore. But the reason I did is so I knew what a woman was trying to achieve with her makeup. So I knew how to compliment her correctly what? and make her feel that she achieved her goal and was easier to deal with at the time. What am I trying to achieve? Sorry. I don't know anymore because I don't do it because I thought that was insanely evil. And so you... That's crazy! You take the evil... You oh take God. the evil out. So, like, what are you saying? Like, you'd be like, your cut crease is on point today. No, you look at what they're trying to accentuate. Oh. Your lips look great. And you know that because they drew, Put like, a black, they did, like, a good color and then, like, an overlay around the edge. Or, like, you'd be like, your, your eyes really pop. And you know that that's what they did when they tried to do the complimentary smoky eye color that goes with their eye co- Yes, okay, I know. I know. Oh yes. But, like, knowing someone's motivation is fucking important because otherwise you don't know how to motivate them or See, congratulate them. I don't think that that's manipulative, though. Like, I know, I know how... That is serial killer level manipulative. <laughs> Fucking, that is serial killer level bit of it, which is why I don't fucking do it anymore. But learning Jesus about Christ, I'm gonna get murdered. Learning about learning about other people and why they do the things they do, and going for understanding allows you to understand their frame of reference, their life, their view, how the world has looked at them. Learning yeah. about makeup is the exact same reason I watch black YouTube videos, and all deaf digital is what I mean by black YouTube. I'm referencing black Twitter. I'm not being racist. Mm-hmm. But what I'm ah. saying is that black YouTube, it's funny, it's entertainment, it educates me um, yeah. a little bit on cultural norms, um, and it teaches me things that that another culture views, the same way makeup was something I learned, the same way that, like, if you learn about what's important to certain groups of people, you can learn about their world that much easier. I like that, though. Yeah. The, that's a lot of what I do through this podcast. Is that I want to talk to people and figure out why they are the way they are. Like, I want it to be a therapy session. Yeah, no. I, 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 I do. Yeah. And, like, sometimes it gets turned back on me. That's fine. Because that's what you're doing. You're looking in a mirror. Yeah, 100%. And, like, this is exactly what we've been talking about this whole show. Like, you, you expose what you need and you talk about what you need and what you've learned to other people. And by sharing open and honestly, you actually learn a lot about the other person. There's almost like there's a continuous running theme. Um, but yeah. And I mean, like you, like, and I put the clip in the show, but you, you made me realize something about myself, which is the, the, the me putting out there, like, I can't get laid and I'm not getting laid. And like you said, like, you just don't feel appreciated. And that's why yeah. you're saying these things. And in that moment, I was like, huh. Interesting. Yep. I never thought of it that way. And I, that's why I like it when people call me out because I want to know these things and I can't afford therapy. And look at your behavior. Like there's not like, it's really hard to work through a problem yourself, but you can do it for some problems. The really big ones, you should probably get help. Uh, but yeah, you know, like mild depression uh, and I say mild, uh, man, like the one, the manageable, manageable, the the depression we all have. Yes. Yeah, fuck, Jesus. We all have uh, it. But, mm-hmm. like, I am on a low dose of something, uh, or I'll write, or I'll look at what is upsetting me um, early and often. Uh, it's a technique I learned for sales. Mention things early and often in yeah. a sale, and you'll probably get a success. That's just life. If, you, if you're if you selling to yourself and you mention a problem early and often, you identify it, you work on it, you develop a game strategy on how to fix it, yeah. uh, you have a greater chance of succeeding. Um, if yeah. you feel unloved... Look at why you feel unloved. Is it because you haven't had a date in a while? Okay, well, why haven't you had a date in a while? Yeah. Um, have you been shaving? And this that's for a guy. But, but hey, ladies, whatever, do you. I don't care. Um, 
Have you been the answer sh- is yes. Have you been shaving? Have you been looking after your like your um, your aesthetic, your grooming? Like, yeah. uh, do you smell? That's a real issue. I'm not trying to be mean to people out there, but like, so- I do it too. Sometimes you fucking smell. Uh, is your clothing clean? Are you wearing the same shirt over and over and you don't realize? Um, are you exercising? Are you happy? Are you doing things that make you feel happy? Because yeah. one of my friends, uh, one of our mutual friends, Wesley, like made a comment about um, if you're not doing interesting things and you're not happy, then you probably have nothing to fucking talk about. It's so true. Um, you know, if you go rock climbing once every three weeks and you like go to a local show and you, you know, watch music nights in the city and you walk around, even to walk around a specific path. And on that path, you've learned where there's a good coffee shop, a good ice cream shop, a good whatever. Like, you've developed an understanding of the world around you, and you're engaging in it, and you can actually be interesting to other people. Now, that being said, I don't do any of those fucking things anymore. Um, I'm a crazy lunatic that stays home. And writes under your walls. Constantly. Uh, but no, I'm kidding. I do actually go out. I do. No, you do. Yeah. You're just more organized than a lot of people. I think a lot of people just don't know how to take the time to do these more things. More obsessive than most. But you... But... You do find balance somehow, despite being incredibly busy. You do! Uh, I, I have balance through parts of the year. I don't always have balance, but I've learned that balance is, as one of my old bosses used to say, it comes out in the wash at the end of the year. I might work hour, like weeks where I was at 50 weeks, and I might work weeks where I was at 30 weeks. I never asked for more money on the busy weeks because I knew I would have a 30 week where I did nothing for a full day. Right. And so I know that long term, if I'm living correctly, um, I will get to that point. Where you can take a week off and go. Where I can take a week off, and that will, you know, forgive some of the sins of the past. But I also admit that there is a point of no return. Where if you have not done any self-care, you will need a 100% shutdown. And you do need to monitor that. You do need to look after yourself. You do need to make sure that, like at lunch, I leave my computer. Go outside. Yeah. Uh, No, I cook a lunch and I watch something on Netflix. I actually disengage for a half hour. After work, I go for a walk because I need to distance myself. Many nights, most nights, I close the doors to my office and I don't come in here after hours. That's a good because way to do I'm it. not at work. This room is your work. Is room. work. I might take it out, but this is primarily work room, homework, yeah. whatever. Um, I read on the bike, so if I don't want to read, or if I, or if I, like, I'll make sure I'm watching or listening to something that will prevent me from reading because uh-huh. I've read too much. I've absorbed too much information. If I want to read for pleasure, I'll read for pleasure. Ha! That's never happened. Uh, <laughs> I was learning disabled as a kid. I think reading's the devil. Uh, I'll, I'll listen to an audiobook, and I frequently do. But, like, yeah. make sure that you can't go to bed. I can't believe I'm going to quote Tim Ferriss or talk about Tim Ferriss. Go to bed mad. But, like, night, nighttime rituals. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, um... What's your nighttime ritual? Uh, I don't really have a good one. I try several times to set it up, and when I actually am consistent with it, it works out really well, because sleeping is just, like, CBT. It's cognitive behavioral training, um, and if you can train behaviors that trigger the need to sleep or the, the thought that you're going to sleep, just like a drug addict uh, has more of a, like, okay, so drug addicts um, overdose frequently after um, not being, like, not doing drugs at home can cause an overdose. Because your body recognizes cues like, oh, you picked up the spoon and you got the lighter and you dimmed the lights and you got your bag out and you've got your junk and you're going to take your fix. Your body knows it's coming and it starts preparing for the drug. And so if you do that outside the environment, you take what a normal dose is, it can actually cause you to overdose. That's crazy. Well, if it can get that specific with drug use, it can get that specific with sleep. 
So if every night before you sleep, you light incense, you have a cup of tea, you go to the bathroom, you brush your teeth, you take a hot bath, guess what? You do that enough and get in bed, and eventually those things will be the ritual that put you to sleep. Right. Not because they are somehow valuable, and yes, there's things you can do in your ritual that will naturally calm you, naturally bring you down, and naturally make you more effective in sleep. Wink, wink, wink. Sex, yeah, sex, masturbation. It's just the opposite to me. Certain teas, yeah, it depends on how you do it. Uh, if you're just going for a quick get off, it's actually not that exhausting. Um, uh, certain smells can calm you down. So incense, one of the reasons I bring that up. So like hmm. on nights where I'm actually being diligent and I'm, it's very frequent that I do it. I'll light incense. I'll pick up a paper book. I'll turn on, I'll put on some music. I'll grab a cup of tea. Um, that is a habit from an ex and I picked up a lot of habits from exes. Um, you can learn a lot of positive things from people you spend a lot of time with. So try and look for the positive in people and you can actually learn how to integrate that into your own life. Huh. Um, so, you know, cup of tea, maybe a hot bath, not usually because that seems weird to me, but I, for other people, sure. Uh, brush my teeth even. Like, again, the reason people brush their teeth before bed is because, oh, it's good dental care, but it also reminds you, it's, I'm going to go to bed soon and your body starts going, oh, shutdown time. Yeah, it's a routine. Yeah, it's 45 minutes before yeah. work and you finish your last email and you close the window and you got about 15 minutes left maybe and you're like, okay, what do I usually do in my 15 minutes? That's the fucking trigger cue that work's going to end. Yeah. What What do you think about... So one thing that I'm struggling with it big time is looking at a computer screen. So I work all day. I stare at a computer yeah. most of the day unless I'm in an event, in which case I'm running around. I come home. I have to edit. I have to do podcast stuff. Yeah. I'm staring at a screen. Then I got to watch shows because I have a podcast where I need to talk about those shows. So I'm constantly staring at a fucking goddamn LED screen. And I'm wired. Like, I'm absolutely wired. And one thing that I need to do, and I think everyone should do it, is no screen time. Like, at least an hour a day of no screen time. I don't do that, mind you. But I know the importance of it in terms of getting a good sleep. I've actually done it uh, for about two months when I lived with my ex. Um, She was really fucking good at that. Like, can't. like I and can't. she said, you can have your phone in, in, in the bedroom. I just don't. I don't have screens in here. And if you have one, I might tell you to get the fuck out, uh, until you're done with it. And I'm like, that's cool. Um, and I just didn't bring it with me. I just, I stopped bringing it and it was, it, yeah, it did make sleep easier. That being said, fuck you. I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I don't want to do it. Yeah. And most nights when I am falling asleep, I am scrolling Reddit on my phone in the yeah. dark. You can, you can do, you might want to place activities in the way. And part of the CBT is you can weave in activities that are conducive. Uh, there are a number of YouTube channels that I actually just listen to. Yeah. I, and I will put one of those on. And because YouTube is playing, I can't close the window for YouTube and do anything else on the phone. So I've made a decision that my phone will be used in this one use case type. Yeah. And so I can't do anything else. And so I just listen to it until I fall asleep. And just put it, put it there. I do also have a cabinet in my room now by my bed, which I've run the power lines through for my phone. And so I will plug it in and close the cabinet. And it's Damn. annoying as fuck. Yeah, Ikea. <laughs> Ikea is the best. I love Ikea. Uh, and it actually even has a little cat bed insert. What? Does that, she go in? Yes, she does. It's fucking adorable. Um, but yes, that's one of the things that like you, you buy things for the nature of, of their purpose and for being able to use them to achieve a goal. Like I think we, I, I think one of your episodes I talked about adults have nightstands so that they can put the, the shame in it. Yes. Like you have a nightstand so that you can put like 
sex toys and condoms and drugs in the nightstand and like no one opens anybody else's nightstands because we fucking know that yeah it might be socks and underwear but there's darkness in that fucking drawer oh my god that reminds me of something that happened that most recent night because the condoms are in there yep so i opened it up but then when it was done the drawer was still open and he caught a glimpse of what was in there given a lot of really weird gifts and i don't use these things they're just things i have and i can't seem to throw out one of which is like a really weird sex toy that's like shaped like a duck that goes on your like it goes on your finger like a ring and it's very <laughs> and it wasn't even it, it wasn't even out of the box and he's just like what is what is going on in there yeah and i was just i just kind of slowly shot it i was just like don't worry about it oh that's the drawer of shame <laughs> everyone has that <laughs> Um, and at one point, I think mine had, like, sex toys and, uh, a pair of handcuffs and I think Superman, which are half Cialis, half Viagra pills that a friend of mine had given me. Oh my god, um, what? Yeah. I don't, I Wait, don't... aren't those the same thing? No, they They're function not? on two chemical mechanisms. One's a blood mechanism and one's a, I think, a brain mechanism. Ah. And so it just... Uh, operates in two different channels to achieve the same effect, but because you're doing it theoretically, there's a... Anyway, look, I don't... I just have these things. I don't always use them, just like the toy might be in the box, but if someone gives me that thing that falls in that category, it goes in the spot where things of that category go, and that is the bedside table sometimes, and then if you open that drawer, you will see the things that might actually be, and the things that could actually be, as long as they fall under that category. Not everyone's read every book on their bookshelf. Oh, God, now have I But you bought it with the intention, or you were given it with the intention that someone thought you would enjoy it, or it's fucking funny, like when someone gives you a Kathy Griffin DVD. (laughs) Which someone did to me as a birthday gift. They knew I would never open it. They thought it was fucking hilarious. I gave Nathan Dennison uh, a bag from Licenza full of women's health and uh, moisturizer and hair cream. Um, and this was during a phase where he was going for very prim and proper aesthetic and being very healthy, and so it was funny. Um, and yes, okay, that's a heavily gendered joke, and in a scope of friends, that's funny sometimes. Uh, that, like, don't act like you haven't made a, a joke about idiot guys, and you would be mortified if guys heard it. I'm just more open about this. Uh, but yeah, it was a fucking funny gift, because he was getting very, and it was calling your friend on, like, hey, maybe you're caring too much. And uh, gifts can sometimes be funny. Gifts don't have to be pointful. Um, no. Like, someone might give you a duck finger sex toy. <laughs> This has been interesting. <laughs> we went from hustle to one night stands to uh, like content and how you unwind and we covered a lot. Covered a lot. We tend to. I want to end on a question. Sure. The word hustle is becoming a buzzword. Hate it. And I run a ran <laughs> you a company. Started a company. I ran a company called. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, we're cutting that part out. Yeah, we'll cut uh, that part. I ran a company that had hustle in the title. Yes. Um. Yes, so. Is this something that everybody has in them? Or do you think that this, having a hustle or having this entrepreneurial, and, and mind you, like, when I say entrepreneurial work ethic, yeah. I don't even necessarily mean people who are starting businesses. I, I am to also talking about content creators who do it um, aren't getting paid. I think, I think, um, all a hustle is is a, a hobby you manage to monetize. Yeah. Um, and, and you may not have monetized for cash. You may be dealing in an economy of views and eyeballs. You may, like Listens. you, like a content creator, uh, you may be dealing in, in monetizing, um, shares, 
Uh, maybe it's cash value. Maybe it's number of followers. Maybe it's number of whatever. Um, you're growing you're something. You're growing something for the purpose of something else. Yeah. Uh, I think many people do it because, like I said earlier, economies have changed and things got more expensive. And so you need to live a life that you want to live. And so you find ways to do it. Um, yeah. while also enjoying it as much as you possibly can. And for some people, they just have a need to create. Um, the first time I launched a, a business that I had worked from start to finish on uh, was the first time I understood my friends that painted. Right. I, I got why when you put that last brush br- brush stroke on, uh, it looks great. And you have that moment of exhilaration. I'm done. Yes. Uh, I climbed Feels a mountain. so good. Yeah. Um, I've understood why people climbed mountains. I've understood what I dropped out of a plane. I understood why people did it. Um, it's a momentary realization of greatness and in all people, there is a want for that. Um, that might be baking the perfect cupcake. It might be being the perfect physical specimen. It might be a great side business. It might be a lot of listeners. It might just be listeners that respect what you're doing and love. It getting, might be telling, telling dick jokes. It might be getting pounded by a friend. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> um, getting, getting a promotion at a boring office job. It's still a win for you because yeah. you are exceeding in what matters to you. The yeah. only important thing is that um, make sure that you're doing what matters to you or you're engaging in what matters to you because... Success is not success is not self validating. Like success in an area you care about is right. So pointless success does nothing for you. Like I go to I, I'm in a master's program. It clearly matters to me. It doesn't matter to other people. Um, I have a lot of money, yeah. or at least I have money uh, from a job that I work very hard at. But there are people that live in their car on twenty thousand dollars a year who choose to do it because they like it. Um, you can watch them on YouTube, and they're very interesting people. Um, that's not for me. I wouldn't consider that a success. But for them, waking up on a mountain in their car on a back road or waking up looking out on a beach that's success to them and full power to them do whatever makes you success and stop being so hung up on other people's opinions generally helps um it's why i talk candidly about most stuff most stuff uh i'm still called mark in the goddamn description people um (laughs) balance fuckers balance balance that's actually a very good point because i think when i think of the word hustle i think of People who are working the long days and entrepreneurs and content creators. I, those yeah. are the archetypes that I think of when I think of having the hustle. But I never really thought about it that way. Like, everyone has a hustle in them somehow. Yeah. Hustle is putting it's, putting for the effort. Now, we, we do use it colloquially, I would say, to, to be any, any extra effort that you manage to grind money out of or grind money out of in some way. Having a podcast can teach you skills, can get you an audience that could theoretically get you a better job. That's monetizable. Starting a company, even if it doesn't completely succeed, if it succeeds in a multitude of areas, um, such as marketing, that gives you credibility what you do that you can later monetize. Um, maybe that doesn't necessarily have to do with art or right. like, or like, you know, knitting or pup cupcakes or hobbies. But like when I look at uh, a hustle, I do think there's a monetization aspect to it. But that being said, if you do not make money from what you would consider the effort of a hustle, then yeah, that is your side hustle. That is it's, still a hustle. But it's purely a passion project. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. And you know, in many ways, everyone I think has that. I work on... I actually don't have any hobbies that don't involve money. Cooking is like the closest I have, but I've actually even tied that to money because now I <laughs> meal prep so that I can actually lower my average cost. Oh my god! Yeah. So, I mean, some people cook for the love of it. Some people run for the love of it. I, I would say there's no monetary return to my exercise. But you are choosing, like, you are choosing that and look what you have now. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's what's important to you. So you're making it happen that way. Yeah, no, I worked really hard for what I have, and, and I that's love the that thing. I have it. But it's also important to remember that everyone else that doesn't necessarily have what you have may have worked just as hard for what they have, exactly. and they may be happy or unhappy with it. And the goal is to get happy. That's um, very, very but true. But that's not the case for many people. So 
Just kind of remember they're fighting their own fucking shit. I also think consistency, too. It's why I don't try to take weeks off the podcast. Because I know as soon as I start doing that, yeah. it's like having a gym membership and missing a day at the gym. Yeah. You're going to start missing more days, and eventually and you're going to fuck when you, off. When you do make the exception, you mm-hmm. have to build it up. You have to make it a big deal. Because that week off that you took from the podcast is monumental to you. And so you don't want to do it again, but you did need it. So yeah. if you build something up, the importance of it... Um, has a greater effect on it occurring only the once. 100%. And there's ways around that, too. Like, you can create a backlog of episodes so that you can take a week off. Yeah. So when you are feeling that, because you don't always feel on, you know? Like, there's there's days that I record that I don't feel as on as other days. No, absolutely. Because I'm cloudy or I'm distracted. Yep. Or maybe you do a two-part episode. Like, if an episode runs two hours and it's good the whole way through, you cut it off in the middle and say, next week, and it gets exactly. people to come back. Yeah. And also... You take that excerpt, that, that that effort from one day, and you make it two days. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. There's it, nothing needed. wrong with that. And if you love your content creators, you let them get away with it uh, because you know they need it. And you're invested in them long term, not just monetarily or as a listener, because they matter to you. That's very, very... Caring, folks. I, I swear to God and- I'm a piece of shit, but apparently I'm like this loving, hippie, bullshit asshole now. God, I hate it. And if you really care... And care about me. Patreon. You can donate to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash intoxicated. It is very easy. There's very there's a lot of reward levels there. You can donate anywhere from a dollar to twenty dollars or nothing. You can actually just be a Patreon and just give me the emotional support I need for my ego. Committing and saying which, love is nice. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, you do get bonuses for signing up to Patreon. Actually, if it's a thousand dollars a month, Sarah this whole time has been taking dick pics of every guest. <laughs> And you get the library, and you can play you're, Guess the Dick Pick. You're assuming that they're female. Our first Patreon, Tyler, hey, shout out Tyler, is male and not female at all. It doesn't matter. Everybody could like a dick. Oh, that's Some true. Like I, that's actually true. I don't know of his orientation at yeah, all. exactly. Um, and sometimes it's just funny to get a catalog of dicks. Uh, kidding, or folks. cleavage, cleavage shots. Cleavage shots. Uh, don't actually monetize the bodies of your guests. That seems horrible. Uh, but if they want to, sure, that's the. When problem. I first plugged Patreon, I made a joke. I was like, because Corey, my co-producer, came up with, like, you'll get if if you donate twenty bucks um, a month for three months straight, I will send you my my notebook, like where he keeps all the notes for the different episodes yeah. and stuff, and which is a really cool thing. Like, I will send you that in the mail. And I was like, thinking about what I could do, and I'm like. Yeah, there's not much I wouldn't do for 20 bucks a month for three months, so, like, just message me and we'll talk. <laughs> and then I realized uh, how shitty that sounds. No, it doesn't. Like, And this might be an, a topic for another episode, but I, I have done marketing consultation for cam girls. Oh, wow. Uh, for one cam girl, and I've given advice to others, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that business. Like, no, that's... That's money. That's money, and that's you do hustle. you, and, you know, like, if I'm naturally smart... Oh, I'm not... And I work at it, but I'm naturally smart... And so I make money off my natural talent. If you're smoking hot as a dude or a woman, Why and you can make not? money off your natural talent, there's eventually a point where my mind goes, there's eventually a point where your body goes, make as much fucking money as you can as long as it allows you to live a happy life and doesn't destroy you as a person, yeah, fucking as, go do it. And as long as you're cool with it, because my if I ever do new cover art, it will involve me being scantily clad. And, and I don't, having I a don't care. shield. Maybe. Yeah. I was thinking booze bottles all around me. Well, that's just... Somehow a rock star photo. <laughs> anyway, yep. folks, uh, sign That's up for the Patreon. There's going to be a link in the description. Uh, <laughs> You're the host now? What's no, going I, just, on? I watch a lot of YouTube videos. And oh I'm, my god! I like just to put myself in charge. Uh, mm. Clearly, Mark, thanks for coming on. Time love, thanks for having me. This was fantastic. Um, 
Yeah. Ring that bell that's not here. I'll put in the sound effect. Yeah, we're ringing it. Ding! Ding. 